at one point in this chapter, David is going to express that his dreams are crazy. And he will soon be rewarded according to his pleasure. These phrases have long puzzled biblical speakers, particularly Old Testament speakers. And they can say the life of David is different. How can he say his dreams are true and that he is being judged and rewarded according to his actions? We can only come in through several instances. And David's not happy in writing the Bathsheba Psalms. We can only be certain that in spite of his sins, on the whole, David has himself loving He had a reason to sin these days. And over and above, David has a reason to cry out and look for him. Because there was a passion for God that burned in David's heart like it burned in two other people in those days. And it's such a different passion. More passion than the people in the David will suffer for his sins. He'll be distantly great and pure. But through it all, even through the good things, David continued to love God. Not to be compromised in his love. Now, everybody can now listen to this song. The first three verses, David says, I love you, O Lord, and I sing. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer. God, my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield, and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, and I will say of nothing. These verses express both David's love and his commitment to the Lord. The Hebrew term that's used there for love, ahava, can be used of both love and emotional love and intimacy, but also of commitment. David's love for Yahweh contains commitment to love. He recognizes the source of his deliverance. And we're just being trusted to read in the Davidic narrative and the Davidic psalms that David would have loved Yahweh every bit as much had the Lord decided not to deliver him. That's what true love for God and true commitment really means. It's unconditional. We don't just love God for what he's going to do for us. Of course we love God because of what He's done for us. But that's not the reason, that's not the ultimate reason we should love God. Human nature is distorted. They praise God when God does what they want Him to do. But if He should ever dare to do otherwise, the problem, this problem, is that anger will get to us. I know of only one time that this happened in David's life, and it happened just so inexplicably. But when it happened, he turns back and repents of it almost within the span of one verse. He doesn't say anger long. He realizes his mistake. He knows this is not going to end. He just doesn't turn back. In verses 4 through 6, we see something of the stress that David felt. But he didn't panic. He made his request and he wanted to speak to God. His words of death encompassed me in the torrents of ungodliness terrified me. The cords of Sheol surrounded me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried to my God for help. He heard my voice out of his temple, and my cry for help before him came to his ears. As we see in the courageous David, the David who goes out and fights Goliath, the David who goes and fights the Philistines, 
And David, they could have killed Saul, but didn't. Samson sees this statement. And David that is absolutely David got killed. The difference between David and other people is that he worked through the fear. He continued on in spite of the fear. Someone told him he was paralyzed by the fear, and he stopped and he was in their home. But David worked through it. If you're thinking, listen, I can't be any kind of spiritual, mature person because I've been afraid all the time. I've got this report from the doctor, and fear filled my soul. Join the crowd. David was terrified. The cords of death encompassed me. I almost see a, a picture for what a, a fetus with the umbilical cord wrapped around its neck so that it can't breathe. I can tell you that that kind of sense where he's tied up with ropes and thrown into a body of water where he can't breathe, he can't move. David is terrified, but he didn't stop it. He was terrified, but he let his request to go down. And that's where the whole thing happens. It's not really that easy. But in everything, I need the courage and the patience. What does that mean? Well, this can be tough to live in the fact that the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and mind. Paul talks about this in prayer and in patience. And if you've ever been terrified, like David was here. One of the greats in all the Bible was terrified. If you ever terrified like that, you know what Paul is talking about. I have seen the very times when Paul was terrified. Yes, I know it's a sin to be afraid, but fear is a normal response in the beginning of the situation. You find yourself lost in the seizure and you just put that breath barreling down on you. Fear running through your body is not a bad thing because it ignites the fight or flight mechanism in our nervous system and we jump back. But other times we have no problem. In the airplane, the airplane's going down. Yeah, there may be some, some fear. But it doesn't mean that it's terrifying. There are a couple times that I've had to say that. Last night I went to the Philippines. We, we came into the airport in Japan, leaving Manila, going to Japan, and we were on Full descent. I could see people on the ground. I could tell the gender of the people on the ground. All of a sudden, the pilot hit it and went all the way back up and went out of the air. We had any detail. Well, we had I leaned over to my friend Richard and he said, It looks like the leaders of oil going out of the And there was nothing. The pilot did not come out on for us and let us know what was going on. We were just circling over the earth. I think we were talking with him until he came up with another one at it. But at the same time, I knew God was going to take care of me one way or another. I know that's why I'm not saying that to protect myself. I'm saying you've been in that same situation too. The point is, yes, all of our questions are going to raise. And if David can say he was frightened, he was terrified, then it's okay if he admits that. You don't have to admit it to God. That's not the point. Just admit to God, God, there's this. I need help with this. And once you do, once you lay it upon him, then there's a promise that the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and mind. It doesn't mean that the plane's not going down. It doesn't mean that the cancer's going to be cured. It doesn't mean that God's going to rescue your mom or your dad or whatever helps you get to this other 
or that you're going to get the job that you wanted, but it does mean that you're going to have perfect contentment in Jesus. And that's what it's all about. Not us getting what we want, necessarily, but us having perfect contentment along the way. And Bill is a great example of this. So we see something of a stretch that David said to understand how to do And so please, Mr. Peter, does he let us know what was going on in this book? Because sometimes you get the idea of these spiritual superhuman movements that are never afraid of anything. Nothing ever bothers them. Point of ungodliness and arrogance. Verses 7 through 15, these verses paint that incredible picture about a moment ago of God coming to David. I just point out before you read these verses, and you just read them, I don't have a hand up on the sheet for them, but I should point out that these verses speak of the same God who rescued David as the same God who rescued The intensity with which he came to David's faith, this is the same God who has the same intensity that is willing to come to your aid too. And if this doesn't come, I don't know where they're going to just read along. Look, look at this poetic language. And a lot of it is anthropomorphic language, you know. But this is poetic anthropomorphic language describing the God from human characteristics that he doesn't actually possess, and we don't understand it. But now, listen to how God rescues David from his enemies, from those who are terrified of him. David's terrified. This is going to be terrified when God appears. Not going to be David. It's going to be David's enemy. Then the earth shook and spoke. And the foundations of the mountains were trembling and were shaken because the king was angry. Smoke went up out of his nostrils and fire from his mouth devoured. Holes were kindled by it. He bowed the heavens also and came down with thick darkness under his feet. And he rode up on his chariot and flew it. And he sped upon the wings of the wind. He made darkness his hiding place, his canopy his hiding place. Darkness of waters, thick clouds of shadow. From the brightness before his path is thick clouds, hailstones and holes of fire. The Lord also thundered in the heavens, and the Most High uttered his voice, hailstones and holes of fire, and he sent out his arrows and scattered them. And lightning flashes in abundance from the mouth of the sun. Then the channels of water appeared, and the fountains of the world were laid bare at thy rebuke, O Lord, at the blast of the breath of thy mouth. That's like a song singing in the church in the film, Midtown Hospital. That's God rescuing David. That's the God that God gave to the first time.
They can put in me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord is my strength. And because of that, they can say to me that the Lord is my strength. He brought me forth also into a broad place. He rescued me because he's alive. And now he says, he's still rescued me. He's alive in the day of He would never rescue me by Thank you. 
giving us those things in terms of the moral miraculous. God sees someone when he looks at David, both now and at the end of his life, in the same terminology as you. He sees someone who pays for sins of He doesn't see the sin anymore. As David is anticipating the life, he is baptized. When God sees us, he doesn't see the sin, he sees the blood of his son. The propitiation for those sins. That's what he sees when he sees you and me. We still remember that. Our friends still remember that. Our enemies won't ever let us forget the sin. But God looks at David in the past of his sin, because he's confessed those sins to God, he's laid them at God's feet. He looks at David as someone whose hands are clean, whose hands have been washed. That's so counterintuitive to most of us, because we're not going to let anybody get away with anything. If they've wronged us or somebody we love, then we're not getting away with it. We're never letting anybody get away with it. As far as we're concerned, they're going to go to their grave with dirty hands, with blood on their hands. God doesn't look at David that way. The operative phrase says in verse 24, if you're inclined to mark your Bible, do it here. You don't have to mark your Bible, but if you're inclined at the end of verse 24, therefore the Lord has recompensed me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands in his eyes. Not in anybody else's eyes. When it's all said and done, you stand before God, and you've got clean hands before him, then your hands are clean. On the other hand, you can have clean hands before people, and your hands are clean. This is a matter of purity. So you and God, you go to Him, you confess that sin, you lay it at His feet. And when that happens, He washes your hands. The blood is no longer on your hands. We can't hope to continue to see dirty hands. God sees hands that He has clean, and it costs Him a lot to cleanse those hands. He spent a good degree, and He certainly did David about two years with him there. But when we confess our sins, God has cleansed us. And if God looks at it that way, doesn't it make sense that we should look at the person that way? I know we want justice. Later on in the psalm, the psalm tells God's going to give the person that person the person they deserve. We don't have to worry about that. God has cleansed us. David is acknowledging this incredible work theological principle. That's the only way that David can say, here and later, Over God's care and the blessing that is given to him. 
Thank you. 